Welcome back to the 90% Podcast. We're here, episode 11. Can't believe we made it this far. On my right, we got Tyler Matthews, a regular. And then on the left, someone new, Mike from Uberzotti. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you guys for having me. Yes, sir. Yes. Let's get it. All right. Before uh, we get into today's topics, just want to remind everybody, please follow us on social media, uh, Instagram, 90% uh, Podcast, and Fast Phenom Training. So... You're better, you're better than me at plugging the socials. <laughs> I, I always forget when I'm the host. <laughs> That's why I'm the host today. Exactly. All right, so Tyler, where are we right now? We're here at Uberzotti. What is Uberzotti? Good place to be. So um, pretty much we're a sports performance facility. Uh, our real focus is kind of high-speed training. Uh-huh. You know, we do a little bit of everything. Like I was telling Tyler before, it's like we have speed protocols with the treads. A lot of people that have seen us on social media, is, they know us for the treads. We do a ground-based training, which is more of your agility work, and then we have strength training as well. So it's pretty much just your all-around sports performance facility. Awesome. And like, how long have you guys have you guys been here doing this? So this spot, we've been here for about two years. Um, we had an, uh, another facility for about a year and a half before coming down here because we just blew up, started growing, and had to get a bigger spot. Okay. So 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 you say business is booming then? Business is booming. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And then like, so you know, a lot of um, gyms. You know they were, were hit by by COVID, but you guys still kind of you know you weathered through that storm. Yeah, so um, we kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if this can get us trouble later or not, but <laughs> uh, so we stayed open during COVID because we found it super yeah. important that kids ha- kids had to do something to do. You got to. Um, so we just made it so every single family kind of had their own time slot. Mm-hmm. So kids would come in, family would come in, 30 minutes, wipe down all the equipment, keep it super clean, get them out. Next family comes in. Keep them busy. Awesome. Awesome. Um, what am I going to say? Uh, it's like, I want to kind of start like kind of with, with you and kind of who you are. So like, can you kind of tell like our viewers kind of like maybe a little bit about your background, how you got into all this cool training stuff and all that? Yeah. So this, my, my dad actually loves to tell this story because I did not do anything fitness related up until college. Oh, no really? way. Yeah. I was, That's rare I was, in this industry. He, he played college baseball, so he would all the time be like, Mike, you got to lift, you got to lift, you got to <laughs> run, you got to train. I'm like, Dad, like, I'm a good athlete already. Like, I think I touched rim for the first time in eighth grade. Uh-huh. I was cow. already fast. I could, you know, hit home runs. I was like, I don't need to train, Dad. And uh-huh. of course, you know, you're that kid. It's like, what's my dad know? Exactly. Then, <laughs> every kid, right? So <laughs> I ended up going college ball, um, D2 school, first I went to, and all of a sudden it went from metal bat to wood bat. I don't know if you guys know that difference, but it's quite a difference. You know, you get it hitting doubles off the wall with a metal bat to all of a sudden you're hitting uh-huh. with a piece of wood. You're like, flare single, flare <laughs> single. So I quickly learned that I was like the weakest guy on the team. Wow. And it was like total the light, shock the, to me. the dad yeah. light bulb went yeah, off. It was yeah. time to start oh, training. Man, too you, heard late. His, you heard his voice in the back yeah. of your head. So um, then I, I noticed like the strongest guys on the team, Wayne, Zach, JD, I was like, that's who I have to be like. Mm-hmm. So I would start going to the gym with them. They, you know, kind of took me under their wing per se and kind of taught me the fitness, whole, you know, kind of what fitness was. Like I had never touched a bench press, never squatted, n- nothing. Uh-huh. Um, so they got me in there and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the gym. You couldn't keep me out of there. I was in there two days, you know, two times a day sometimes. Wow. Um, and so then my first, that first school, I actually was doing sports management, more of a business side. Once I fell in love with fitness, I was like, I got to do something with this. Like, mm-hmm. business isn't going to cut it. So I ended up transferring, um, went to a school in North Carolina, North Carolina Wesleyan, went to exercise science, where I really got that background. I had two really good professors that really, like, challenged me. Um, Dr. McGall, Dr. Thomas, 
they really pushed me in the exercise science field. And I loved it, man, because it was just stuff you could apply instantly, not even to like other people, but to yourself. It was like you take your nutrition class, you take your programming class, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What um, school was that at, did you say? North Carolina Wesleyan. Gotcha. Yeah, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Um, so then after that, I went and um, Dr. McGall said, hey, look, like you're, you're good at this. Like this is what you should be doing. Try to get to UCF. So I was like, okay. So I went and applied to UCF, got into the master's program there. Um, I interned a little bit as a strength coach there, and that was where my mind was kind of set in was like, hey, I want to be a collegiate strength coach. Uh I want to train athletes. I want to train the big dogs. Um, But one good thing about interning is you learn very quickly what you don't like and what you do like, and I didn't like it. Um, Training training the collegiate athletes? Yeah. So not It wasn't more of training them. It was Uh the – hours in the pay the lifestyle yeah, yeah. a lot just of people don't look at that put in mm-hmm. to do what you love doing and i was just like man this is like this isn't it either because everyone i mean some people out there might know like what a college level athlete schedule is like so you pretty much have a similar schedule than i imagine yeah i mean there's sometimes you're day. there at 5 a.m and you're yeah. there till 9 p.m mm-hmm. it's just long long day and that's that wasn't what, that wasn't for yeah. me um i love you know training athletes is phenomenal but i was like that's that's not the way i want to go so I graduated with my master's degree in exercise science. Um, I kind of bounced around gyms, just you know, doing personal training, you know, general fitness stuff. Um, same thing. wasn't really my wasn't really my gig. Um, and I was working at a country club in Vero. Same thing. I was general fitness for older populations. Uh-huh. So that's when I was like, all right, like, I gotta train <laughs> athletes. Like, I gotta switch this up real quick. The geriatrics um, wasn't cut. Yeah, it wasn't it. <laughs> um, so I had actually. You know, I was living in Melbourne, so I was just emailing kind of local facilities and being like, hey, do you need a strength coach? Do you need a strength coach? Do you need a strength coach? Um, an upper deck uh, baseball facility like, right up the road from here. He got back to me and was like, hey, we'd love to have you on board. And I was just going to do it for a summer because working at that country club, it was all snowbirds. So I didn't have to work there in the yeah. summer. So I was like, let me just do this for fun, see what it's like. And immediately I was like, this is it. It's private facility, kind of make my own hours, training athletes. I was like, this is, this is the spot. So I was doing that for about two years, doing all the speed and agility for upper deck baseball. Um, and that's where I ended up meeting Tim, Uber's eyes current owner. He was like, hey, like, I love what you do, but we have this idea, like, to build on what you're already doing. And that was the treadmills. So he came to me, showed me the protocols. I ran them, puked my brains out the first day in Dario's <laughs> garage. And I was like, this is awesome. This is great. Um, so, yeah, then we just kind of put the treads in there, and it just grew. And that's how it's been. And now you're since. here. Now, now we're here. Sweet. And it's kind of like you kind of had like a lot of just word of mouth and or kind of organic growth, right? Yeah, that's that's kind of the craziest thing about Uberzati is you'll never hear a commercial, see a commercial. Mm-hmm. We don't do any advertising in places. Uh-huh. It's all just we got an athlete in. They loved it. They told all the teammates. Or our parent was like, hey, your kid looks way faster. Like, what's he been doing? Oh, he's been going to Uberzati. Mm-hmm. So even still today, we don't really do any marketing. Like, we have our social media and stuff like that. But there's no real – we don't go out and do any marketing. It's just word of mouth, and that's the best way, in my opinion. If no, it athlete, is, for sure. If you can go out and say, this is where you got to go, Yeah, that's way bigger than me putting a piece of paper and saying, hey, come trade this, this out. 100%. Yeah. I tell trainers that all the time because if you if you get a referral, it's like almost a 100% guaranteed yeah. lead because it's like if, if I tell you to go to a restaurant, mm-hmm. you're automatically going to – if you like me, right? You're going to, you're going to, I don't know. I don't if, you, know. if you like me and you trust me, you're going to associate, oh, wait, I like that guy, so I'm probably going to like the restaurant if he already recommended it. So mm-hmm. whether the restaurant is that good or not, you already have the belief that it's yeah. going to be good. So by getting people to refer their friends, 
their friends are coming in already thinking this is going to be good, which if you think it's going to be good, it's probably going to be ba- good, where if you think it's going to be bad, then it's going to be bad. So, But the product still has to be has to be good, though, right? Yeah. You can't just be, like, you know, all the social media stuff. So, like, what makes maybe Uberzati, the way you think you, you guys do things here, what would make it, make it different than other places? Um, so I think really the biggest thing for us is how science-based we are. You know, it's not just kind of bring kids yeah. in and say, hey, this is what we're going to do today. I made this up on my way. I wrote on this piece of paper. It's okay. If you're on the treadmills, we have an eight-week periodized protocol that you're going to run through. It's spelled out. We have tons of, you know, I have three years of data on my laptop of Ooh. here's kids improving from day one. Um, so the science behind it is really the biggest thing, and we do periodize for everything. So even our ground-based program, it flows in with our treadmill program. So if we're working on acceleration on the treadmills, you're also going to work acceleration on your ground-based training. And then same with our strength training. It's all periodized. We're, you know, it's eight to 12-week programs that we really run through. Awesome. And so, like, the people who come here, like, what are they typically looking for? And, like, like, what are they kind of, like, what are they kind of, what are they doing? Um, so, I mean, pretty much everyone comes to us to just be better at their sport. Just kind of overall? Yeah. So, that's, I mean, we're, I call it sport-specific training, but it's not, people get in their mindset, it's like, oh, they're going to do quarterback training for me. It's like, no, 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 no. Gotcha. Like, every athlete needs to be faster, jump higher, stronger, more explosive. Things that translate into everything. Yeah, it'll just translate to everything. Um, so that's usually when they come in is like, hey, I just I want to get better. Yeah. I've seen so and so training here, and they're faster, they're stronger, they're getting these college offers. Like, what do I need to do to get to the next level? This is where I got to go. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you guys change things up from sport to sport, or is it is it pretty much the same protocol regardless of sport? So that's that's kind of the cool thing. Like when we get the team training, so we do a lot of team training where we say we get Vieira basketball yeah, in here. I've seen them in here. Recently. Their training protocols is going to be a little different than just the general class that comes in mm-hmm. so we're going to do a lot more vertimax stuff with them we're going to do a lot of lateral work we're going to do a lot of single leg plyometrics everything like that so we can when it's a team it's a group okay this is all basketball kids we can tailor it specific to that so, so kind of speaking to that you know a lot of the guests that we have on here uh you know are is come from the basketball world could you like for anyone you know any basketball players out there could you like kind of give them any insights on to maybe some areas that they should be working on in terms of like their fitness and their athleticism yeah um so i mean a lot of the whole, you know, conditioning, we'll use that word, yeah. um, is one of those misconstrued things in a lot of areas. They look at a basketball game and say, ooh, man, like they're going for 12 minutes quarters every ooh. single time. Like, let's go run some miles, run some distance. Like, well, let's, let's think about that for a second. What does a basketball play look like? Are you ever just jogging back and forth nonstop? It's like, no, not really. It's like, you're dynamic. doing hard six-second sprint to the end of the quarter. Yeah. Oh, shoot, I got to get back. Oh, yeah. shoot, turnover, got to get back. So they have to do a lot more of that sprint training as opposed to cardio. And that's the one cool thing about like what we do here. So um, you have the anaerobic, aerobic system. So aerobic is going to be more of your light jog. I'm going to go run a mile. Um, anaerobic is going to be more of your short duration sprint stuff. So you can actually get anaerobic benefits or aerobic benefits from training anaerobically. Gotcha. Doesn't work the other way. If yeah. you go and run a mile, you're not going to get that anaerobic no. system explosiveness whatsoever. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool, and so I don't, I don't think it's on camera, but I, we see something secret over here. Are we, are we allowed to, are we allowed <laughs> to talk about sauce. that? Are we allowed to talk about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, people have seen it. So um, he's pointing out the Z-treads. So we've just actually started manufacturing our own treadmills, which is awesome. You know, we outsourced before, but, you know, like our social media people would hit us up and be like, hey, where'd you get that treadmill? Where'd you get that treadmill? And we were just like, why don't we just make our own? You know, we've got we've got awesome owners that can do things like that. You know, our, our owners literally designed that treadmill 
comes with the software. It's, I'm, I'm going to say now it's going to be the best on the market. It's going to beat every competitor. It's got a non-motorized, so you can do sprints on it. Goes up to forty percent incline, thirty-one miles an hour. Did they build it? Did they build it locally, or did they yeah, outsource locally. the building? Oh wow! Yeah, shout out to Brian. I don't know how his wife does it, but we build them in his garage. Nice. <laughs> All the software, everything. Let's go. So, like, what kind of like testing goes into some, making something like that? Like, like, how long has something like this been in the works? Uh, I mean, pro- probably a little over a year. Wow. Yeah. Just, um, I mean, the software obviously is the hardest part. You know, getting yeah. someone to get in and do all that stuff. Um, but then figuring out, okay, what, you know, we, I mean, we had multiple prototypes in here where we learned this, this metal's too soft. It doesn't work. This metal's too hard. This is too loud. Just little things like that. Mm-hmm. And you got to tinker with it and figure it out. But now we have final products. So, yeah. So what's like, what is something like this going to offer like athletes that come here, like more than like what the concept you already guys have? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's almost just more of a, there's more of a convenience to it. So if you were to look at the screens on there, the old ones don't have our training program on there. Gotcha. The new ones do. Um, so that's going to be a convenience factor. It's going to automatically go up and down. We're going to eventually get the software where it can track every, all data. Okay. So it'll track every single run. We'll put a lineup in there. of Okay. You got James, John, Mark, these are the people running. It'll track every single run. Okay, he ran this one at nine miles an hour. He ran this one at ten, and so next time they come in, it'll know exactly where to start them. So, and so, do like do you or athletes have, have like access to that? Yeah, there's going to be a, to a cloud. It's going to be a magic okay. cloud. You know okay. how that works. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it'll all go into a cloud, um, and eventually, when we have treadmills and other facilities, there'll be a big central cloud uh-huh. um, where athletes across the world. Yeah. All their data will just be in one spot where college coaches can go look at it. You can cool. get some scouts that go in and say, all right, let me see who's Ed Uberzati's got the biggest vert. Let mm-hmm. me see who's got the best broad jump, best 40. So That's they'll awesome. just have access to all that. That's awesome. And so you say like you're really science and data driven. Like how important is, is it for athletes to be keeping track of that? I'm sure a lot of people are just going to the gym on their own and just yeah. kind of just winging it and kind of doing whatever. Like I mean, how, how important is it to like keep track of exactly what you're doing? Data's huge. Um, you got to think if you're not tracking it, you might just be on this constant cycle of spinning wheels. Yeah. If you've been doing the same thing for five weeks, you haven't progressed anything at all. Your body's like, this isn't anything new. Mm-hmm. I can do this all day. This is nothing. Yeah. So as long as you're changing something, you know, you can talk about weight training. So every week, if you're not adding weight to your bench press, you're never going to mm-hmm. see it go up. So you have to know, okay, last week I did 135. Let me do 140 this week. Doesn't have to yeah. be crazy, yeah, yeah. but just make some sort of change to the system that it shocks it and says, okay, let me adjust, let me adapt, let me grow. Awesome. I want to make a note on that. Athletes or parents, if you're listening, well, number one, I think I say this every episode, take notes on everything, every episode, because there's little nuggets that you can learn. But what he just said pretty much is, what I heard at least, is it's easy to get into a, a cycle of doing the same thing over and over again. And you got to be able to break that. And I'm, I'm more relating this to life, right? Obviously, you were talking about um, sports and performance and increasing your strength and stuff like that. You want to change something up, right? Either whether it's the reps, the sets, the exercise, right, to make progress. Same thing in life, I think, is a lot of people get stuck in these cycles where they don't make a conscious decision. Okay, let me change this or let me make this better, right? And so by tracking it and measuring it, you're able to be aware and when you can measure it, you can manage it. And when you can manage it, you can grow it, right? So I think that's huge right there. Awesome. Um, what I'm going to say, so if, uh, if people are, I don't know, interested, they like what they're hearing about Uberzati, like, well, what's, like, the first step that someone could do to, like, come here and, and train? Give us a call. Um, 
I mean, that's the easiest way to do it is give us a call. We can get, set up a meeting with you, come in, show you the facility, run you through, you know, we almost like a demo day where we say, yeah. hey, this is what it's going to look like. Hop on a treadmill. Give it a whirl. I mean, I think I did that with Tyler the first time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> interested in training. I was like, get on it. That's the only way you're going to know if you like it. Get on it. And he smashed all the records, right? Oh, yeah. Top, I'm on the leaderboard every, I think, <laughs> every category except for one. All right, cool. And, yeah, and we'll have all, all of his, uh, you know, information down in the description of either the show notes or the uh, or the YouTube video. So, you know, keep an eye out there. Um, Tyler, is there anything? One question I have, Mike, is do you guys have a difference between how you train, let's say, a six- or an eight-year-old? Or what's the youngest you guys go? Do you guys go that young or no? So, so we we don't really do it by age limit. It's more of ability limit. If we get a kid in, we see that, like, mentally he's uh -huh. not able to, like, kind of work Mature in enough, area. Yeah. Um, we'll actually take them and promote them to, like, do one-on-one -on -one training. Like, get with a coach where they can kind of hone you in, work on those basic fundamental skills. So we don't really do an age limit, per se. Um but we're actually, we've just developed a level zero is what we call it. Mm -hmm. So that's when you get the younger kids in who may have never even been taught like opposite arm, opposite leg running stuff. Yeah. So that's when we'll get them in. We'll start, you know, the baseline stuff. Let's, let's learn how to jump. Let's learn how to do a wall sprint. Just things like that. So that's how we really tailor it. And then with our running protocols, we have level zero, level one, level two, level three. And we actually are coming out with level four, which we've been testing on. Jay Sean Corbin, New York Giants running back. He's been getting crushed in here nice um so there's the he's a monster four. yeah he's he's an athlete man is he signed with them now yeah that, with that, yep. that's what's up i know he was kind of like on the practice roster yeah, or up yeah, and down he just but got brought up last season that's what's up um so my question was going to be is there a difference between how you train like a eight-year-old and a pro athlete for example yeah. or is it similar but i guess you kind of just answered it with yeah. the levels so right that's, yeah the levels are going to be the big thing but um i mean one thing that's super cool about this environment is you can have a pro running back running at the same time. Like right now, Jay Sean changed with two homeschool kids that are 14 and 13. Uh -huh. And they'll do the same running day, but you can tailor it. You know, if, you know, obviously Jay Sean's going to be running at 30%, 14 miles an hour, those kids, okay, you're going to run your 30%, but we're going to bring you back. You're going to do nine miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So the kids love the atmosphere because they can look at the other guys and be like, I'm doing exactly what that guy's doing. You know, maybe it's slower, but yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a goal that I can reach for. No, exactly. And that that's what I think is huge with environments like this. I think when you can create something like that where you got the younger guys able to train with yeah. the older guys, they're able to pick up on stuff a lot faster. So that's huge. Sweet. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about? I think this has been a good episode so far. Yeah. yeah, I think it's been good. I mean, for those of you who haven't stopped in, stop in. We're here. We're ready for you. One question I have. Let's say that you had to make a choice. Obviously, we don't have to choose, but I get questions like this all the time, like on my basketball side of like, we'll use training tools every once in a while. We might use like a cone or a footwork mat or something for accountability. And so, and then there's people in the basketball community that either love training tools or they hate it, right? And then there's obviously people that are in between that understand that both have their benefits. So if you had to choose, it, let's say you have six months off season with an athlete, and you can either only do running on the actual floor or running on the treadmill, which one would you choose? That's a loaded question there, Tyler. <laughs> um, I would say it depends on how much skill work they're doing on their own. Like, let's take Jake, for example, he goes and trains with you. Yeah. So if I know for a fact he's doing tons of basketball work, tons of, you know, stop and start there, I'm like, dude, you don't need that here. Like, I know you're getting a lot of that from your sport. Uh -huh. You're hitting the treads. 
because you're just going to build that explosiveness, top end speed. I mean, I've had guys at four inches of their vertical just running on the trail. Oh yeah, which is crazy, just from that. No, the month the month that I did it, I felt like bouncy and light yeah. and everything like that. So it really comes down to knowing what an athlete is getting from their sport practice, uh-huh. what their sport specific needs are, and then where we can kind of fill in with supplement. It. Yeah, sweet, good answer. Awesome. Everyone sound good? Yep. I awesome. think we're ready to wrap this up. One one last thing, actually. We got to end with this. Do you know why we call it the 90% podcast, Mike? Figured it was for the 90% mental. Exactly. That, that was my guess. That's a, good, <laughs> that's a good guess. So do you guys do anything, like, let's say, formally to uh, address or work on the mental side of the game or of the sports, I should so, say? So I wouldn't say formal. The best way to do it is the treadmill. Uh-huh. So we – I mean, if and you know for a fact, dude, these treadmills are hard. So we call it the dark place. That's when you get to where that day sucks. You're getting crushed. You have to learn how to flip your brain off and say, this doesn't suck, and I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Like, that's that's kind of our mental approach. And that's, the, I mean, one of the biggest things we see in here is confidence in kids skyrocket. Mm-hmm. Just because they're like, I don't think I can do this run. This looks hard, blah, blah, blah. They finish it. It sucks. But they, they're like, I did it. Like, I made it. And the next time that happens, they know. They know. I can do I it. Can do it they know it was more. all in my head. It was yeah. all mental. Yep. Physically, they all always had the ability. So yep. that's what's up. Cool. All right. As always, it's 90% mental. So that's a wrap on today's episode. Uh, you know, we just want to thank you guys for watching uh, and listening. We're going to have a lot of cool guests coming up in the, in the future. So, you know, subscribe, follow us on all the social medias to stay tuned. And, uh, yeah, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank um, you.